0: Hello, okay, we've got, we've got noise. Now you're gonna have to be patient with me because now I have to multitask. I have to click and I have to turn pages and I have to hold a mic, so hey. Welcome, what an amazing, amazing day. Um, Some of you may have known, um, I uh, have just returned from Canada. Um, Those of you who don't know me, because I see some new faces here this morning, uh, I, my name's Tara. I'm in charge of the Kids and Families Ministry here at Northreach, and I have just returned from Canada. I got an amazing opportunity to spend four weeks with my mom there, and interestingly enough, I took no family with me. It was just me, and I have to say I reverted back to childhood. I, I um, yeah, you know, my mom loves to serve, and she loves to cook and, and, and do washing and, and do all of those things. And far be it from me to stand in her way. So I, I did exactly what any kid would do. I sat. And I loved, my mom served me and she blessed me and we had just an amazing time together. You know, never in a million years did I ever think, I always said to my mom, I said, you know, if you need me, I'll be on a plane and I'll come home. And never in a million years did I think I was going to be separated through a pandemic, and for two years, obviously it was a very stressful time when you are separated from family and and um, and we're just being able to be here and I see Doug has come from Britain welcome. he too was separated, so welcome back to Australia and visiting his family here this morning so it was an interesting time but a wonderful time and now this morning we have the amazing opportunity to celebrate mother's day i want to say that you know we have a room full here of strong women this morning strong women who nurture and care some are teachers some are neighbors some work at woolies some work in other places some are at home But women have this nurturing ability to be able to draw people and to care for them. So this morning, I want to honor those who are moms, but I also want to honor those people here who are married or single, those who have kids and who don't have kids. Because we, this morning as women, are called to be who God has called us to be. But you know what, Mother's Day would not be Mother's Day if I didn't tell just one story. Um, I know I can tremendously relate to this. And I am hoping, men, you won't get offended. Um, But women, I think there are some here at least that will be, be able to relate to this. I was in Canada and I read this and I had to bring it home. and I had to share it. So this is called, it's an article that was in the paper, it's called Too True. It said, barbecuing is the only type of cooking that some men will do. When a man declares he will barbecue, the following chain of events are put into motion. The woman goes to the store and she buys everything. The woman makes the salad and the vegetables and the dessert the woman then goes and prepares the meat for the cooking and places it on a tray along with the necessary cooking utensils and the sauces and she then takes it to the man who is by the grill preparing the barbecue and he's drinking his ginger beer in hand. The man then places the meat on the grill. The woman goes inside and then she organizes the plates and the cutlery, takes care of the kids and feeds the dogs and the cats. Then the woman comes out to tell the man that the meat is burning. He thanks her profusely for drawing that to his attention and asks her if she could bring him another ginger beer while he deals with this situation. The man then goes and takes the meat off the grill and hands it to the woman. The woman prepares the plates and brings them to the table. And after eating, the woman clears the table and does the dishes. Everyone praises the man and thanks him for his cooking efforts. The man asks the woman how she enjoyed her night off. And upon her annoyed reaction, concludes that there is no pleasing a woman. So this morning, as mothers and as wives, we can just have a little fun. It is. But this is exactly how we are as women, isn't it? We have all this stuff going on in our heads. There isn't a time that I leave work that I'm not thinking, okay, when I get home, I have to make dinner. Um, yeah, I've got to make that appointment. I've got to go to the grocery store first because we're out of this, 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 and this, and um, all the other things. You see, God certainly made women with, to be incredibly amazing. I have seen this before, and I'm sure other people have seen this, but this is a man's brain. It's straight. And this is a woman's brain. It's everywhere. She's thinking of everything. I can tell you that when my husband comes home from work, he's thinking about eating. I'm thinking about a whole heap of things. We are truly gifted women to be able to do the things that we can do. But let me ask you a question. With all this busyness, with all this managing that we have to do, everything. Where do we put our priorities? What becomes the important thing in our life? This morning, we're going to be reading Acts 18, and we're going to be looking into the life of Priscilla. Now, one thing the Bible doesn't tell us is whether or not Priscilla was a mother. We don't know. We do know she was a wife. Priscilla was a model for missions. In Acts 18, we're introduced to an ultimate ministry team, Priscilla and Aquila. They are a married couple, and they're, o- and they're always mentioned together. You can find them three times in Acts, in 18, then in Romans, and then in 1 Corinthians 16, and then in 2 Timothy 4. But Acts 18, 1 to 3 says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with him. You gotta understand that during this time in history, women were viewed as the property of their husbands, they were of lesser status. They needed to live under the protection of the fathers or the husbands for their survival and for their well-being. They could not own property. They didn't have much of a say on marital or family issues, and they weren't often invited into conversations. In fact, if you read the Bible as a whole, women aren't as mentioned as much as men throughout the Bible. Even the apostles' wives are never mentioned in 1 Corinthians 9.5, it says, don't we have the right, this is the apostles talking, don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us, as do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas? So even the apostles' wives were not mentioned in the Bible. Yet Priscilla was. Priscilla and Aquila are mentioned together. They were a team, and Paul commends Aquila and Priscilla as his fellow workers. He doesn't just commend Aquila. He commends Priscilla and Aquila as his fellow workers, and those who risked their lives for him. So what can we learn from Priscilla this morning? What can she teach us? Well, as I mentioned before, we don't know if she was a mother, but what we can learn from Priscilla is where she put her priorities in life. Why was Priscilla the model for mission? You see, Priscilla was a disciple. Paul stayed with them for 18 months. 18 months he was there. Now, you've got to understand, at those times, there was no Bible to read. Everything was about what was going on around them and what what. Um, They were hearing from Paul what the disciples were talking about. It was all word of mouth. It was real-life stories. For 18 months, they stayed with him. And we don't know if they were Christians before they met Paul, but what we can guarantee is that they grew in faith through those 18 months that they spent with him. More than ever today, we get overwhelmed by what needs to be done, what expectations there are out there. We work towards false ideas of perfection. You know, moms, we believe that we have to be the perfect mom. I remember when I was, my girls were little, and I went into the grocery store. And if my girls behave themselves, you can guarantee I walked out of that grocery store feeling like I was the best mom ever. But if my kids acted up, I was so embarrassed because I wasn't that perfect mom. I wasn't displaying what I thought that the world wanted me to be. People would come over to my house. We all have the room. Everything gets thrown into the room. Nobody's allowed in there. But we can display the perfect look. It was all about what people thought of me. How did I portray myself as a mom? What did people see? Of me as a woman. I remember one time coming to church and my girls were fighting in the back seat and I was backing out of our driveway and I whacked a car behind us. I was so annoyed and so angry. And when I got to church, I walked through that door with a smile on my face. Hey, how are you? (laughs) Good to see you today. Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? My girls look perfect. I portrayed the perfect mom. Where were my priorities? And sometimes as, as women, especially with everything going on around us, if something goes wrong, something takes us out of that comfort zone, we can often take that embarrassment or that insecurity out on our family members or those we care about. Yet, the one who knows us best, the one who fashioned us in our mother's womb, we leave the crumbs to, in our lives. We're not really thinking about what they think of us, what God thinks of us. We are very aware of what others do. I saw something interesting. I was watching Craig Rochelle, and um, I saw something that he was he, interesting that he was sharing. He, he shared that did this study. We have 168 hours in a week. In an entire week, we have 168 hours. One third of those hours we spend sleeping, which is about eight hours. We spend sleeping. One-third of those hours, we're either going to work or to school. That leaves us with 56 hours remaining in our entire week. Out of that, we spend roughly on average about 17 hours on social media sites, looking at things, doing that different types of things, which then leaves 39 hours to do other stuff. And by stuff, I mean things like getting up in the morning, having your shower, having breakfast, getting the kids ready, um, taking them to school, taking them to band practice, uh, going out and doing grocery shopping, doing all of that other stuff. Which, when you do all of that other stuff, leaves you about mm, one hour. What do we do with that one hour? Oh, right, we're Christians. We spend one hour. And some of us here spend a lot more than that. And others of us spend a lot less. We have one hour. Out of 39 hours, one hour is left. John fifteen five says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever dwells in me will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing." Now, I want you to imagine a stick, a vine. If it's not connected to the vine, there's no nutrients getting there. There's nothing happening. And mothers and women, today, if you're not connected to that vine, you aren't getting the nutrients you need. Your mind is going everywhere, but your soul and your spirit aren't being fed. And when you're connected to Jesus, you will bear much fruit. And what fruit will you bear? You will bear spiritual fruit, fruit that you need as a wife and a mother, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. You see, Priscilla spent time with Paul learning about Jesus. What does your time with Jesus look like? I remember reading a story years ago, and you know how you hear these stories and they just travel with you throughout life? And you just can't shake them, and every once in a while they come up in your brain. It was a guy who was sharing about his mom, and he grew up in a one-room house. There was no place for his mom to spend time alone. She was surrounded by kids all the time. So she had a rocking chair in the middle of the room. She would sit there, and she would put an apron over her head, and that was her time with Jesus. The kids knew that they did not bug their mom when she was having time with Jesus. This moves on to my second point. Priscilla was a teacher. Imagine what that mother was teaching her children. Imagine what those kids learned from watching their mom love Jesus. What strength grew within those little kids that day that through their lifetime, to see their mom praying for them. Priscilla was a teacher. In Acts, going on in verse 24, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man and a thorough, and thorough knowledge of scripture. He had been instructed in, a way, in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor, and he taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, and when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. So here was a man, Apollos. Again, everything that wasn't the Bible back then written for us, it was all the the apostles were writing, beginning to write their their, um, versions of what they had seen and spent time with Jesus. But Apollos knew, and he knew up to the time that John the Baptist had baptized Jesus, but he didn't have any idea what had happened after that. Apollos knew Christ had come and fulfilled John's prophecies, but he didn't know the significance of Christ's death and resurrection. The ministry of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit or in the mystery of the church contain, containing both the Jews and the Gentiles... So Priscilla and Aquila invited him to the home, and they taught him. They showed him, and they discipled him. And because of their teaching, because they saw that and they were able to teach, Apollos went out, and he went to Aquila. The brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote the disciples there to welcome him. And when they arrived, he was a great help to those who were grace who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debates, and he proved from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Through the Torah, through the old prophecies, he proved that Jesus was the Messiah. So, Through Priscilla and Aquila, they were able to now teach and share. So after being discipled, Priscilla went on to teach. And one final thing Priscilla was really good at was being hospitable. Given the nature of their work and tent making, they traveled everywhere. Everywhere. And um, Pris- Priscilla and Aquila could earn income-making tents while they traveled. So they followed Paul to Ephesus, and they had a home church there. And then they went, um, at one point, they decided to go back to Rome. And at this time in Rome, I don't know if you know much about the history, but Emperor Nero was in charge, and he was a horrible, horrible man. There was a fire that happened in Rome, and he blamed that on the Christians, and then he started persecuting them in horrible ways. So serving Christ at that time was really, really scary. In fact, it was around this time that Paul was put into prison, and it is understood that it was Nero that actually put Paul to death. They eventually moved back. Um, they, they moved again, and uh, They again opened another church. As you can see in Romans 16, 3-5, Paul says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets in their home. Priscilla and Aquila always were hospitable, sharing Jesus in their home, inviting people. There was... One of the things we as women do really well is we love catching up with one another and we love talking. What opportunities we have in this world today that is hurting and broken to share Jesus. You see, women, when we are connected to the vine, we can bear much fruit people see Jesus in us. We don't even need to try. They can tell there is something different. When you drop your kids off to school and you make those connections with people who don't know Jesus. You know, my daughter teaches piano in one of the public schools, and at Christmas time she's sitting there, and a a little boy asked what, what the song, she was teaching them Silent Night, Holy Night, and asked about the song, and she had that opportunity to say, oh, it's about Jesus. And the little boy says, who's Jesus? You see, we're living in more and more and more of a secular world. We're sending missionaries overseas and they need to hear about Jesus. But what we're failing to realize is that our own society is becoming more and more ungodly. There are more people today who have no belief system than ever before in the past. And yet as Christians, we fail to share with them the love of Jesus. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever dwells in me will bear much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. Do we this morning put the energy into the things that will have the most impact in the lives of our family and our friends? Proverbs 31 says a wife of noble character who can find, she is worth far more than rubies. Interesting thing about rubies is that untreated, a ruby has more value than one that is polished and looks good. If you find a rough ruby, it is worth more than a perfect ruby. Recent survey found out of 13,000 women that 60% of moms feel like they are failing. You see just like a ruby God made us to be perfectly imperfect. Carol Cubby from Focus on the Family, she says she goes as believers we have been made perfect in Christ. Our sins have been erased. We have been made whole in him. You were perfect in his sight. You know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, ladies. I know I do. I was very worried this morning about operating the clicker at the same time as turning pages. We put an awful lot of pressure on ourselves. I wonder if we focused our attention in developing a relationship with the Lord, our Lord and Savior. You know, you are doing a great job at being a mom. The important thing is that you get up every day and you keep going. You keep loving your kids and showing them that you are present and you demonstrate that love of Christ while doing it. As a children's pastor, one of the things that oftentimes we find is that when we get kids coming into kids' ministry, we have them for two hours on a Sunday. You have them for the week. Start in the home, showing the kids how much Jesus loves them because it is there that their foundation will be built and it is there that will hold them rock solid throughout their life. Forget about being perfect this morning. When you dwell in Jesus, you will bear much fruit. And through that fruit, you can teach and share with others about his great love. Mothers, today is Mother's Day. How exciting. You get to go home and you get to prepare the barbecue. Actually, we probably won't be having a barbecue today, but you get to go home and enjoy What a valuable place to be as a woman, to be able to do all the things we do, but let us prioritize the things in life that are important. Let us prioritize Jesus. And then everything else, and I promise you, 100%, there's not an error in this promise that if you do that, If you put Jesus first and foremost as your priority in your life, everything else will fall into place. Everything.